0: Damn, 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 son, where'd you find this? Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 34 of the Fly Route Podcast. I am your host, Anthony, a.k.a. Tony Playboy, a.k.a. The Booty Trap, a.k.a. The Attack of the Booty Cheek Particles, and I am joined here by one of my best friends, Demarcus. You got any a.k.a.s for yourself today? Nah, not today. I'm good. All right, look, we got an exciting show for all of you all today. We are going to get into a story involving now Houston Rocket, Sterling Brown, and Kevin Porter Jr. And this is a story that honestly should get Kevin Porter Jr. two bouquets and a, and a tee off. We are going to... Give you the fly route for Aaron Rodgers now that he reportedly wants out of Green Bay. We are going to give you everything that you need to know about the NBA Play-In Tournament. And last but not least, we are going to give a big baller's bouquet to Arik Armstead. The, 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 The fly route pop. The fly route pop. The fly route pop. The fly route pop. Welcome to the Tea Off. Oh, spill that tea, sis. This is how we like to start our show off. We like to spill some tea on our favorite athletes in the crazy situations they get themselves into. Look, today, we got two people we want to talk about. Now, both on the Houston Rockets, Sterling Brown and Kevin Porter Jr. If you're a frequent listener of the podcast, you've heard us talk about both of these people Sterling Brown, when he was a member of the Milwaukee Bucks, was brutally attacked by the police and actually received a $750,000 settlement, which literally was just approved today. Not today, but this week, on Tuesday. And Kevin Porter Jr., if you're not familiar with some of his most famous quotes, such as modern-day slavery when he was a member of the Cleveland Cavalier or, Cavaliers or any other issues that he got into in Cleveland. These are two people that we like to keep track of here in the Fly Route podcast. They're pretty important members of the NBA community. Now, look, this is a little bit serious. I'm not going to lie to you. This happened a couple a week plus now back where some members of the Houston Rockets decided to go out to a strip club. Naturally, it's the Houston Rockets. So, you know, the booty cheek particles strike again. They are undefeated. My guy undefeated. So they decided to go out. Things get a little bit heated at the strip club late at night. What ends up happening is reportedly a bunch of Houston Rockets players are like, uh, things are getting out of hand. We are about to dip out. They dip. Sterling Brown, Kevin Porter Jr. They're still talking with these men, uh, Group of men decide to jump Sterling Brown and they jump him. He actually gets beat up really bad. Like there is video of the police interaction after the assault happened on Sterling Brown. And you can see there is blood all over his body pouring out of his head. He looks like he's holding what I assume to be a T-shirt on his head to kind of stem some of the bleeding. It It, it is actually quite gruesome. And what ends up happening is Kevin Porter Jr. joins the fray, saves Sterling Brown from his multiple assailants. And I, I want to say in a literal sense, people have told sources such as The Athletic that in no short form, Kevin Porter Jr. may have actually saved Sterling Brown's life that night. And seeing the video afterwards, like I, I, I 100% get that. Now, usually, this is where you think the tee-off would focus, right? they in a the booty club, things pop off, violence happens, but no, that's actually not the good story here, all right? The good story is what happens afterwards. Now, look, we all know about health and safety protocols. I think maybe literally everybody that is a sports fan may be sick and tired of hearing the phrase health and safety protocols after this past year. Not even a sports fan, just human being. <laughs> we, we all took a, a public health class, by the way, this past year. You just didn't know it. Now, look, what ends up happening is the NBA decides to fine Kevin Porter Jr. $50,000 for violating the league's health and safety protocols. Why? Because he was at a strip club. The NBA prevents players from joining in social gatherings of 15 or more people, such as bars, clubs, other establishments, etc. We call those super spreader events down here. Okay. And he was obviously there. The police were called. He was seen with the police, etc. But that's the funny part. The league chose not to find Sterling Brown, who was at the same incident at the same club on the same team as Kevin Porter Jr. Now, is it possible
1: that there is footage of Kevin Porter Jr. inside the club, but not a Sterling Brown?
0: No, like the footage they have is y'all were in this club. There are police reports of you being in this club because one of you was jumped at this club and the other one of you decided to help him out and basically save your teammates life. There's just like, there's evidence now of it. There were other, uh, uh, allegedly other Rockets players were there. Other Rockets players did not join in the fray. So other Rockets players were not named, fined, etc. So Damn. Kevin Porter, June, yeah. Okay. Talk. Hold, hold, hold on. Hold on. It's all s- same thing. We keep it here on the tee off. Be
1: careful who you do your dirt with. Don't hang out with homeboys who not going to jump in when you getting jumped. <laughs> you can't go out with them no more they not your friends no more they teammates they co-workers you cool but keep it moving facts facts I actually did not even thinking about that like, oh. you gonna watch your not just probably your friend because you got out the strip club with him so we at least we cool but your teammate your co-worker who if he get hurt you probably gonna do worse than you already are and you gonna watch him get jumped Like mm-hmm. damn damn, that's ruthless
0: It is. And the even more ruthless part is that the NBA fined Kevin Porter Jr. for saving his life. Being a real one. He got fined for being a real one. But now this might sound rude. Why Sterling Brown didn't get fined for getting his ass beat?
1: I'm going to assume. I'm going to assume positive intent here. He was being jumped. He was being jumped. One on two, three. That's that's a three hard plus.
0: Reports are three plus. plus.
1: That's that's a hard fight. That's a hard fight. Now, did he probably run his mouth a little too much, thinking he wasn't going to get jumped before that? Decent chance. I would. I, if I was a bet man, I'd,
0: I'd bet the on that. The way you hear these things, man, it seems like people out on the streets just love trying athletes, and they usually get away with it, especially in clubs and bars, etc. Those are the exact dudes who also
1: want to seem like the alpha and for the most part athletes have always been the alpha in their kind of circle their little group of friends they have their little entourage they think it's gonna protect them but you go in the club that's that's an alpha who likes guns <laughs> That's different <laughs> from you <laughs> uh, that's not you 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 play football, you play basketball you you you, you do something with a ball for a living. That's not what he do you don't want to mess with him. Keep go home. You you can make way more money than him, but go home. You don't need to be in the club, especially during COVID. We talked about this enough. Go home. Club's already club is nasty. Hey, Am I look, wrong? It's
0: open. We open. This is Texas. <sighs> Just because it's open don't mean you need to be there. Look. Now this is this is overall crazy situation. It shows how hypocritical the NBA is willing to be to enforce these health the safety protocols. It's about image. It, look, That's it seemed it. like they thought the PR hit for finding Sterling Brown after unfortunately getting his ass beat would be too bad, but they were willing to take the hit for finding Kevin Porter Jr. for saving Sterling Brown's life. Now, here we are. What's what ends up happening? He has to miss three games because of the COVID protocols. If you don't know, players are docked 172nd of their salary, i.e., one game check, mm-hmm. for each game that they miss. So he actually, in total, ends up being fined $71,000. For a player like him, that's a good chunk of change. Yeah. I'd want that back. That's a
1: mid quality bins. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, I had to think for a second. <laughs> no, that, that and Kevin Porter Jr. has the best response, which is going to get him his second bouquet here. Not just for being a real one. It's his second game back. He proceeds to play the third best team in the East, the Milwaukee Bucks. Drops 50 points and 11 assists. His second game back. Dropped a point for every thousand dollars that they find him for. Now,
1: don't be alarmed if you missed this game. Like many of you, we were watching the NBA draft, or not NBA draft, NFL draft. And we didn't see this, but we were getting tweets. People were like, oh, Kevin Porter Jr. is going off. I'm like, what's what's, what's going on here? What's what's going on here? James Harden's legacy in Houston is alive and well. Oh, absolutely. He dropped 50 after getting in
0: trouble at the strip club. He was fighting. (laughs) Like, everything. Look, I'm in love with this story. I'm in love with Kevin Porter Jr.'s hopeful, continuing glow up. It seems like he might, the Rockets might be the place for him. I'm just happy we got a happy tee off. <laughs> and that was your tee off. Oh, spit that tea, ooh, sis. Spit that tea, the sis. The fly round pod. The fly round pod. All right. NFL draft. Some of you all joined us on our live pod last week where we live reacted to the majority of the first round. But now we've taken a step back. It's about a week past. We are thinking to ourselves, Bird's Eye View, who are the winners and losers of the NFL draft? I want to get into some draft grades of some key teams that actually made a lot of moves to change their position. Mm -hmm. All right, DeMarcus, top of the top, creme de la creme, who you got there? You know... I, I this, this may
1: be a little bit controversial, but I think the Cowboys had a really good draft. Uh, in particular, because we see how it played out. They had the number 10 pick. There were rumors before they wanted Kyle Pitts. I was like, that's ridiculous. They shouldn't do that. They uh, were rumored to be tied to cornerbacks, either Patrick Sertain, uh Jr. or um, uh, J.C. Horn. Those guys got taken right before the Cowboys' picks. So they were able to trade back. From 10 to 12, pick up an extra third round draft pick and then draft positions of need um, and also get the best player, Micah Parsons. So uh, d- he's one; he's probably the best defensive prospect uh, that was on in the draft period, but possibly certainly on the board and getting him get an extra draft pick. There's some uncertainty around their current linebacker core of Jalen Smith, who has been good, been solid, but not great. And Leighton Van Esch, who hasn't been able to stay healthy, they even declined to pick up his fifth-year option. So grabbing a linebacker with the high ceiling makes a ton of sense. They're able to pick up a bunch of other positions of need, like cornerback in the second round and uh, de-tackle in the third round and save some cap room as well. It was an overall great draft that really fit their needs this offseason. Okay,
0: look. Uh, hometown favor. Right. No. I feel like the Cowboys draft was okay. I feel like you all might might have reached on a couple of players. Ooh. Ooh, I feel like you all reached on Kelvin Joseph, the cornerback that you got at forty four because you couldn't get one in your original. Uh slot. Were, I think
1: he's a decent corner who has a high upside, uh good speed, fluid movement. We'll need to learn some technique things in the NFL, but overall I think has a high ceiling.
0: Okay, look. Sure sure, high ceiling. I'm with you. Now, how many Cowboys draftees are you concerned about off the field this year? None, as always. So you just going you just going to get up here and lie.
1: Lie? Listen, there were some accusations made. Zeke tweeted, "Don't touch me." That's to Michael he, He's a really good <laughs> linebacker who hits hard. Oh. Okay. <laughs> and we had nothing to do off the field at all. That was a pure football joke. Yo. Okay. You're going yeah, <laughs> to talk about Micah Parsons, and you're going to be wrong. He was accused, never, charged, right. never charged with anything or proven uh-huh. to be guilty, accused, less like okay. a bunch of other innocent black men.
0: You are really going to pull the a bunch of other innocent black men for Micah Parsons right now? He said he didn't do anything wrong. I'm going to believe him. Innocent until proven guilty. I am Talented stunned. player as well. For our video audience you on really? YouTube, I, I I am stunned. The look on my face right now is astonishment. Look, Let, I've, I've had the on. same
1: position, but okay. So another stunner.
0: A- another stunner. Something else that astonished me. Draft night. The Chicago Bears. They are the winner of the draft. I give them an A-plus for the draft. First and foremost, it's hard not to get an A-plus when... You know, let's say, what, 35, 40 days ago, you got the, what was almost consensus, second best quarterback in the draft. Mm-hmm. counting at number wise, eleven, sure. Yeah. At number 11, and you picked 20th. You basically a pip swap, next year's first, a fifth and a fourth, that's not too bad. I feel a lot better about what we gave up for Justin Fields mm-hmm. and what San Francisco gave up for Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. Right. Then we obviously had our offensive line issues. Something we talked about ad nauseum during our, you know, mock draft. We pick up two offensive linemen back to back after that. Tevin Jenkins, Larry Burren. I- I'm basically feeling like this sh- draft set up everywhere that we needed to set ourselves up. All the big flaws that you saw in our team, you have a lot of hope. If not certainty that we might have a long-term solution in place for,
1: yeah, it's a yeah. Number one thing, Chicago has not had a quarterback in a long time, so I agree with you. This is a great draft by the Bears. I think it was a pretty overall good value pick to move up and get uh, Fields, especially when you like you said compared to San Francisco. But I think more importantly, it's good because we didn't expect it from Chicago. Yes, we, we number one thought they would stand pat and make a bad pick or underwhelm and they overwhelmed which was rare especially at the quarterback position because the
0: Chicago Bears have had no one decent in a very long time I'll say that I mean if you think about it our best quarterback of recent history is Jay Cutler it's Jay Cutler and Rex Grossman is the one that got to the Super Bowl
1: (laughs) Rex Grossman and then before that you got to go back to the 80s you got to go back Way back and yeah. before that, you got to like the forties. <laughs> it's, it's not tough. good,
0: Slim pickings.
1: It, it's not good. So this is this is fantastic. Um, so I agree with you. Uh, what's your great? I, I I give the Cowboys
0: an A minus. What are you giving your Bears? I, I gave the Bears an A plus, which makes the Cowboys A minus seem aggressive in retrospect. Listen, seeing as one listen. of us might have gotten a franchise quarterback.
1: Whoa! 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 whoa. The Cowboys have their franchise quarterback. They've got their running back. they got their receivers. Their O-line's all right. They need a defense. They drafted defense. They got
0: great value over there. That's why they got the grade they got. Okay. The The second team I had on my winners, and I give this team a strong B+, which is where I think you, oh, a more reasonable person has the Cowboys at, but a B-plus to the Baltimore Ravens. I think they're a big winner in this draft. You know, they do the trade for Orlando Brown to the Chiefs. They get the Chiefs first round pick. And you see the most Baltimore Ravens two first round picks at 27 and 31 possible. The first one is address the most pressing issue of need. That's wide receiver. They get Rashad Bateman, who is supposed to be a uh, if he is what he has been sold to be, he's going to be a monster. He's going to be able to get open, work a lot in the middle of the field, and give Lamar Jackson his number one that he absolutely needs. The second thing, what did they do at 31? They grab an outside linebacker, a defensive prospect that they think can fit their system in Odafe Owe. And I'm just like, this is Baltimore. Baltimore is, had excess on the offensive line. They flipped that into a strong defensive player that can add to this team now and continues the balance that this team has been so well known for. The rest of their picks, they add some offensive line depth afterwards. They add a second receiver in, Tylen Wallace, who honestly, I, OSU prospects supposed to be extremely fast. I think just put some depth probably behind Hollywood Brown. In general, I just liked it. It's a team that got significantly better at a lot of their points of question: O line, receiver, okay, stack on defense. that that's fair. I think
1: what you're great on them. You said B plus. Yeah, B plus. I think that's decent. But there's a team right in their division who had a better draft: the Cleveland Browns, who did a great job at the top, grabbing a cornerback in Newsom, who's going to be a great value pick at a position that was deep in the draft. On day two, they got a talented linebacker. They drafted, I think, the best player available possibly um and uh jeremiah wosu koromoa uh out of know notre dame they don't have dropped a, they, a lot he did he did drop they don't have a place for him to play yet but he's a talented player and you can always work with that i think the the browns added a lot of a lot of value in places that they didn't necessarily need help and they became a better team and i thought they were already trending in the right direction um after what happened last year in their division against baltimore
0: okay i'm not gonna lie the the draft for the Browns was great. The entire offseason for the Browns was fantastic. A-plus. A plus. Like This is a team that looks scary. So I have no pushback on the Browns. In fact, I want to keep us moving down to a team that we had a lot of questions about, right? A lot of questions about. The Atlanta Falcons. They had the number four pick. We, there was a lot of conversation. Should they trade it? Move down? Gather more picks? Should they draft it here a parent? For Matt Ryan, they did something. Well, they made a decision.
1: They said, we are going to buy in for right now. We have Matt Ryan for a couple more years. We've got some talented offensive pieces and Ridley and Julio Jones. Let's go for something. Now, based on that, is I don't know if that's the right decision. I don't know if that's the right decision. Given what they did, though, and the choice they made, they, they did not go wrong by picking Kyle Pitts number four overall. He is, I believe, and we've said this before the draft and we didn't talk about him too much, but he is a transcendent pass catcher. Forget the tight end label. He is a, t- a transcendent pass catcher who has the ability to be as good as anybody. He has a wingspan greater than Megatron. He ran like what was it, like a 43 something or four, or low 44 at his pro day. Uh, looked fantastic and dominant in the SEC in college, which has some of the best athletes in the country. And when you get that kind of player in the draft, uh, when you're d- clearly the best non-quarterback available. Uh, and so I'm going to give the Falcons an A, mostly also wow. for Kyle Pitts pick alone. I think he is going to be that good of a player for a very long time, especially looking
0: at where the athletic tight end is going in this league. Wow, that's aggressive. I did like count. Wow, that's the nicest thing I think you may have ever said about any Atlanta team on this podcast. <laughs> I think you're wrong, but Kyle Pitts is going to be nice. Look, that I I can't disagree. Everything says that Kyle Pitts is going to be a monster. Kyle Pitts is, is probably going to be a 60-plus catch guy as a rookie. I, I, I'm with you. They will be dominant on offense. I'm interested to see how their defense goes. I cannot give them an A because I feel like they reached at 40 in the second round, grabbing Richie Grant. Safeties don't go that high, generally, and that's for a reason, right? I, their defense was atrocious last year. They spent, what, half, if not more, of their first three, four picks on offense where that was not where they needed to get better? So,
1: so yes, uh, I'll say, actually, I had them at an A-minus, so I misread. A-minus. You can check my notes. But... Um, I think more importantly for them, a good, a good chunk of defense is possibly strategy. It was play calling. They got up. Their offense got up big in games, and they couldn't hold a lead. So that is more about mentality. That's just as much about mentality and play calling than it is about talent because they were doing something right to be able to get up big on teams that had pretty solid offenses. They just couldn't maintain that throughout the course of the game and be consistent. And so I think with the new coaching staff coming in, a little bit of new talent. I I a little pushback on Richie Grant. I think he has uh, potential to be a really all-around good player with a little bit of development, possibly even a Pro Bowl caliber safety, which I think merits taking him this high in the draft. Um, and I think that they particularly throughout the rest of the draft got really good value acquisitions for positions of need. They got some help, like we said, also in the secondary in the fourth round. Uh, they got some offensive line help. They got some little bit of defensive help on the edge rusher and D-tackle. Overall, is a good draft for what they chose to do, uh, and that's what you got to. Can that's what I'm really weighing heavily on in my draft grades is what the team decided to do or where they are right now and how well did their draft
0: strategy fit that? Okay, so you you believe they had a plan, they executed the plan well, and that's why you're high on them. Yes, I'm with you. Let's flip on the other side. Big big losers of the NFL draft. Who is sticking out to you? I got, I got two. I'm going to do
1: one really quick right now. It's the Texans. It's a C-. It is their rudder list right now. They didn't have a first or second round draft pick uh, because of past GM trading away talented players and still getting fleeced. I don't know how they ended up with less talent and no first round draft picks. Um, they have a huge cloud over their team with the Deshaun Watson controversy. They just got a new coach and GM and system in there. It, it's a lot going on. People don't like the owner. It's it's a lot that they, they are going nowhere fast, um, and the draft did not help. They drafted this quarterback out of Stanford who may play based on what's happening right now. But if the team is who do you think they are, which is a bad football team, they'll be high in the draft next year in twenty two, and probably have to get another quarterback. So you what are think you doing for Davis this guy?
0: Mills? Is the answer
1: no, no? And you're possibly going to hurt him more than you're going to help him by taking him there. Okay, do you think that
0: round three quarterback, like, it's third round picks are valuable. Let's not get it You could
1: be good. You could be a Kirk Cousins, a Dak Prescott, kind of. That's where those guys come
0: from. Right? Do you think this is the organization kind of understanding the writing on the wall for Deshaun Watson? Or it's just like, you gather your bases as a GM. You look forward. It's just what you're supposed to do. I think
1: the letter, what you're supposed to do, kind of, you know. Cover your ass. Um, you know, draft a quarterback, make sure you have at least one sign. Do you have somebody cheap in case Deshaun does go on the commissioner's exempt list, which if this plays out the way we think it will, he will end up on that list and not play much if at all this season. And so you'll need at least one or two bodies to play quarterback to to try out, to to give a test run to kick the tires on, so to speak.
0: Okay, I'm with you. I'm with you. Some other teams that kind of stuck out to me. The first one I want to talk about is the New Orleans Saints, right? This is the draft where I gave this team a D minus, and it's almost for the exact same reason why you were high on the Falcons. What was your plan going into this draft? And if I can't see it at the end of it, something's clearly wrong, right? They reach for an edge rusher in the first round. Then they went linebacker, corner, quarterback, offensive tackle, wide receiver. None of their picks wowed me. It seemed like they reached in a couple of places. But more importantly, I'm concerned about what this team looks like. What's their identity post Drew Brees? 100%. right? It's not like the defensive acquisitions they had made me go, wow, these guys are going to be starters on your teams or get significant minutes coming in. We know they shed a lot of talent because of the cap. They were a team that really was not prepared to handle it the way it came down this year. I agree. Would, it, would you Bad be shocked draft. if the Saints didn't make the playoffs this year?
1: Not in that division? No. With the Falcons who look a whole lot better, with the Buccaneers who just came off Super Bowl and brought everybody back, with the Panthers who traded and got a new quarterback, no. No, no, okay. all. all
0: right, All right. Any other losers that stuck out to you?
1: Uh, the Packers, but we're going to cover them a little bit more in depth on the fly route. The fly route, pod. The
0: fly route pod. all right. All right, let's talk about the fly route. The fly route this week, Aaron Rodgers. All right, look, the reports came out on draft day, you know, sitting there waiting exciting and you hear Aaron Rodgers reportedly wants out from the Packers then you hear more Aaron Rodgers is threatening retirement is willing to sit out the season if he does not get traded by the Packers then we hear more Aaron Rodgers allegedly wants the GM of the Packers good coots fired all right Things seem to be accelerating at a really fast pace for Aaron Rodgers. And as soon as, as soon as the news dropped, I was hearing a ton of people. People that were like connected to things and people that weren't connected to things going, Denver. Denver. I hear Aaron Rodgers is going to Denver. That's where people want to see him. This is makes sense because they went Patrick Sertain in the first round at a pick that no one thought they would use on a cornerback. They would only do that instead of drafting their next franchise quarterback if they thought that realistically Aaron Rodgers was on the way and that they had a package that the Packers were willing to accept for him. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't happened yet. It hasn't happened
1: yet. And if you watch us on the broadcast, I said, hey, what's Denver doing? Don't not take a quarterback unless you have your quarterback in-house already. The deal is signed and done. The deal is still not done, and we're about a week later – now And there are now rumors for more teams being in the mix, for Aaron Rodgers. More leagues keep coming out from the Packers. And I, I surmise from Rodgers' camp himself, not looking good for Denver. You're not going to have a quarterback. You're going to have a hell of a defense again and no quarterback.
0: Yeah, and look, the Rodgers rumors, even though like they were pervasive, a ton of people were on them early, I'm just not feeling it. This feels very Mac Jones to me. Right, A lot of people bought the Mac Jones lie as well. Oh, I was never on that lie. Look, here at the Fly Route <laughs> Podcast, we were like, this is bullshit. But <laughs> I smelt it. Look, this is not a team that I think is should be in the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes. If Aaron Rodgers wants to go to a team, I can't understand why it would be Denver. This is a team that's good and solid, let's be honest. And everybody says they're a quarterback away. But when we were saying they were a quarterback away for the last month, That was assuming that they was drafting a quarterback, not trading for one, and then losing talent. Exactly, DeMarcus. This is not a team that's deep, right? If they trade for Rodgers, they give up, what, two first-round picks? A lot of people were saying possibly Jerry Judy because that's something that the Packers would love to have next to Devontae Adams. Aaron Rodgers goes on over to a team... That number one wide receiver is then Noah Fant at tight end.
1: Is
0: there another tight end there? No, there's another one. There's Courtland Sutton, but he just came off an injury. Jerry Judy was kind of the guy for them. Yeah, you're probably right. Their offensive line took a huge blow. They had a lineman that just got injured on away from the facility during practice. I, I just can't buy this is where he wants to go. So DeMarcus, I'm going to ask you, what is the fly route for Aaron Rodgers?
1: So there are a few different teams that he could go to, reasonably speaking, given assets and, you know, the want for him. You know, he's what, 30, 34, somewhere, like, somewhere, somewhere in that range, probably got three or four years left maybe at a high level, looked really good last year, MVP kind of stuff. And I'm looking, who would want him? Who would want him? It's a West Coast offense that he's usually been in. And I'm going to say he's going to go West. He's going to play in a nice beautiful indoor stadium in Las Vegas, Nevada. He's doing to the Raiders. Let me tell you why. So the first is John Gruden I think would love Aaron Rodgers. And I think has when he called Rodgers games as the host of Monday Night Football for a long time would speak effusive praise of Aaron Rodgers. And he has never ever shown any sort of liking to Derek Carr whatsoever. I think bringing in Marcus Mariota last year proved that. Um, They were never in love with Derek Carr. They're always looking to replace him. If he can get Rodgers at a reasonable price, I think he will. And the Raiders right now have a ton of talent, especially on offense. I think they could possibly give up some of that talent to get Rodgers along with some draft picks and still be good enough that they would be an appealing destination for Aaron uh, once he got there at running back. They got multiple good options and like Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake, who are both Yeah, that was a surprise signing to me this year. Right. Right. At receiver, they got some they got some decent they got Henry Ruggs the third, who they drafted last year, who looks who's like he's gonna be really good. Um they've got Willie Sneed and Hunter Renfro guys who aren't top of the line but have You've some missed
0: the best receiver. I, I'm I'm
1: aware. I'm saying trade pieces. Oh okay. Yes. People they could possibly include in trade packages but still retain talent for Rodgers once he got there. You don't want to rob the team before you get there. Um, yeah, I know I didn't talk about Darren Waller. That's because he's not going anywhere. He's got to be there for Aaron Rodgers to throw
0: to when he gets to Las Vegas. Do you imagine they send back Derek Carr or oh, the yeah. Packers go I think, for Jordan Love? Ooh, good question. I Listen, we Jordan have not— Jordan Love is ready. You want skill players around him. You say,
1: yes. I think you take Derek Carr and maybe some second-rate skill players. Um, I think you give Love some more time. We have never seen him even in a preseason game or a single snap in the regular season. We have no idea what he's going to look like. Uh, of course, there's the fact that he fell to you, so everyone else also doesn't have any faith in him whatsoever, so he has no value. And so I think the longer you keep um, him in, kind of in the stables, the better to give him the best chance possible to be successful. I think another year... Sitting behind Derek Carr and having the Packers have a chance to make the playoffs is not bad for the team.
0: Okay. Um,
1: keep going. Raiders save twenty mil if they get rid of Carr, twenty million, um, which is obviously going to be needed to get under the cap uh, in general, but also to accept Rogers' cap hit if they trade for him. And so I think it works out, but well for both. The Packers get a bridge quarterback, some skill position players, some draft picks back. The Raiders get a quarterback who they feel can help them compete right now and do well because the Raiders have been like seven and nine ish before and they win a couple more games. They're a solid team, but they're not
0: quite there. Rodgers could push him over the top. Okay. I'm with you, but I just can't buy Aaron Rodgers wanting to go to the Raiders. I understand. And I think for a lot of these situations, of course they want Aaron Rodgers. Like Gruden loves Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if there's more than seven guys that look at their guy, look at Aaron <laughs> Rodgers <laughs> and, and aren't like, sh- I would love to have Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> but for me, the fly route is the Washington football team. And the importance here is that this is a team that's good on both sides of the ball. If we're just looking at the raw talent on this squad, Aaron Rodgers is being supplanted into a very good roster. It's what you thought Denver was, but with depth. It's what the it's what the Raiders could be on offense, but with a defense. It's not flashy. It's DC. It's not flashy. But what it is, is it is solid. A great coach, Ron Rivera. You know he can coach. You know he is good. You get to be in the NFC East. Aaron Rodgers goes to the NFC East. He basically instantly wins the division. <laughs> Do you have something to say? I'm going to say it would never happen
1: because they're good and the Packers GM would want
0: to spite him. There's some drama there and it's interconference. It's interconference but it's not interdivision, which is why I think it might be possible. NFC East, you basically instantly get there. I'm AFC, I don't know why Aaron Rodgers wants to go to the AFC. If you're in the NFC, you're like, I got to beat Brady. I'm not saying he wants to, but that's sometimes the option you got. That's the hand you... You yeah. want to get out, you going to the AFC. He has some He has some leverage, though. He's like, I can retire. I think that's... He has some leverage on where he wants to get picked. I'd rather have to go through just, you know, Tom Brady than have to go through Lamar and the Ravens. The Bills and Allen. <laughs> um, whatever San Francisco's cooking up. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes... Josh so Herbert and the NFC. Chargers. Okay. But all the rest of them. It would be I'm Herbert here. possibly and Patrick Mahomes. Yes. Herbert, Something like that. Patrick Mahomes. You still got to deal with Ravens, Lamar, right? Bills, Allen. Now talk about their offense. They actually have two guys that can be a number one, Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuels. They have both of them. If you lose one of them, you still be fine. But you have two great receivers, Running backs, they have running backs on running backs on running backs. Antonio Gibson, who had a fire year last year, J.D. mckissick who's been healthy, having a great year. Their third, their third running back is Peyton Barber. They so, got it. Help surprising the offensive how good
1: their line, roster is, actually.
0: Right, healthy offensive line, no major injuries on this. And then you flip it around and go to the defensive side. Well, remember, particularly, we talked about how this
1: team was. If you, or if you're with us from day one. A dumpster fire for a good while. The GM was possibly harassing women and doing drugs, I believe, allegedly. Uh, the team owner was accused of assault. They have no name. Uh, the coach had cancer. The quarterback didn't... Dwayne Haskins at the time was all over the place. The I mean, this team... Particles. Yes, they got him too. This team was all over the place. And the idea that today they are basically a, the, the what Tampa was before Tom Brady got there
0: is kind of shocking. Right? Defensive side, Chase Young, Montez Sweat. They just got two former Bears in Kyle Fuller and John Bostic. Look, I I think this is actually a team where Aaron Rodgers looks at it like they could lose a guy or two in some picks and I'd still be on a ridiculous roster in a much easier situation.
1: Now, one thing I will add, though, for the Raiders that helps out for why Rodgers would want to go there, is a guy by the name of Edgar Bennett, who was Rodgers' offensive coordinator from 2015 to 17, and who is on the Raiders' staff, so he would already have the connection to a coach who could be his bridge to Gruden, be his guy to call a plays he likes, etc. The two years, the first two years that Bennett called plays for Rodgers, Rodgers has 75 touchdowns and 15 interceptions. Now, I'm not saying that that was all Bennett, obviously not, but I think the guy knows what Aaron Rodgers likes, and Aaron Rodgers probably likes this guy. The rapport might be
0: important. I'm with you. Absolutely. I'm with you. It'll be interesting to see what the Packers do. They're currently standing on the we will not trade the player policy. We'll see. Y'all,
1: y'all, you y'all, y'all Tony Playboy.
0: NBA, NBA, the NBA play-in game is coming at us way faster than we think, right? By the time they hear this episode, it'll probably be what the seventh. Mm-hmm. At that point, the play-in game, the tournament will be eleven days from then. The play-in will start on May 18th and run to May 21st. Mm-hmm. The first playoff game is the 22nd. So someone's playing the back-to-back. Now check it out. Let's break down what the play-in tournament is first. It's a little bit new, and the rules aren't necessarily as intuitive as you would like to think. So first thing is first is you got to understand seeds one through six in each conference will automatically make the playoffs, will not have to participate in the play-in tournament at all. However, seeds seven through 10 in each conference will account for their own mini tournaments. All right. Love it. Big thing here is single elimination versus double elimination. The teams in seed six and seven basically are double elimination to qualify for the playoffs. The seeds nine and 10 are single elimination to qualify for the playoffs. So total of three games, what will happen first is that seed seven will play seed eight. The winner will be in the playoffs. The loser will get to play one more time. Seed nine will play seed 10. The winner will get to play again, and then the loser's out of the tournament. Then last, the loser of seed 7 versus seed 8, and the winner of seed 9 versus seed 10 will get to play each other for the final spot in the playoffs in that respective conference. If you lose in the playoff game, you are automatically in the lottery. All right. We got about two weeks left in the NBA season, about five or less games for most of the teams. I want to hear what you are thinking about the play-in tournament for the East. So first
1: off, love the play-in. I think it helps teams who would normally be out of the playoff race at this time of season, who are normally ramping down, stay in things, be competitive, play their star players. Uh, Teams that are near the bottom, seven, et cetera, have to play their star players. I think it's great. We get more good basketball. All a fan could want. So out in the East right now, I'm going to talk about uh, the 7-8 matchup. So that's the Celtics and Hornets. I think Celtics win that. That sets up a Celtics-Nets series, which I'm very excited to see, uh, both because the Nets have not been healthy all season, and the Celtics, despite not having good good play for good chunks of the season, uh, have looked decent lately, and I would love to see them against the, the, the Nets and see the Nets try to sharpen their blades so to speak, against the young Celtics team. That would then lead us to the Hornets playing the winner of Pacers-Wizards. I think the Wizards win that that matchup really easily. And so we have a Hornets-Wizards matchup.
0: That's and exciting. That
1: is exciting.
0: Who do you have winning the Hornets-Wizards matchup for that last playoff spot? I think the Wizards will take it just like Russ and Bradley Beal will be able to kind of will the team forward. Overpower the young Hornets? Yes, the Hornets have also just been dealing with the rash of Like, unluckiness. Melo is just getting back. I want to say they just lost Malik Monk to COVID protocols. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure at this point, if you're in COVID protocols, there's a very good chance you don't make it back before the playoffs. No,
1: uh, it's not a full. Two full weeks is what you really need. Um, We're really pushing it. Especially if you catch it. We record on the 5th. He's already in the protocol. Um, So if he catches it, he's out until probably the 19th.
0: 18th at least. But if it's just the contact tracing thing, maybe he could be back. That, that's important. So I'm just feeling like the Wizards will be more full strength and they will just be able to overpower them. And it's interesting to me because I actually really going to love the play-in tournament for the East. Generally, the playoffs for the East are kind of boring at the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's like the first, the top three, four seeds are pretty decent teams. They generally mollywop the bottom seeds real quick. Just, yeah, get get them out of there. We remember LeBron doing it for like a decade. He's like, game five is your game seven. You're going home. Like, it's generally not very interesting, but I think it's going to be very interesting, particularly just like the play-in tournament will be, get to see some exciting people play. These are actually some talented, talented stars in the playing tournament.
1: I think it sets up a good matchup for the Sixers as well, playing the Wizards in the first round. Uh, We want to see Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, what they do against Russ and uh, Bradley Bill. I think Bill will take it as his. He wants to shine. (laughs) He wants to prove that he can do it, that he's the guy, that all he needed was a little bit of help, and Russ finally showed up, and here they go.
0: I mean, Russ is on a historic tear, assuming that we're right in the Celtics and the Wizards get out of the playing tournament. Which of these teams do you think can actually be more dangerous and go on a run, make some noise? I think it's the Wizards. I think they're
1: kind of scary if I'm the Sixers. Mm -hmm. I don't want to see a hot Russ and Bradley Bill who can shoot the lights out of the basketball. I don't want that if I'm the Sixers, who can have cold stretches, who can have times where Embiid... Back his back hurt or his knee hurt or Ben Simmons can't shoot for long stretches. I don't want to play a hot team when that's me
0: on offense. Russ is out here getting 20 assists, 20 rebound games. It is kind of disgusting.
1: Well, what happens when Russ gets 20 assists is other guys are playing way harder because they ex they know they're gonna get the basketball.
0: I think that's kind of maybe the turning point for this Wizards team is Russ is gonna shoot the ball a lot less and just kind of
1: impose, yeah. <laughs> impose his
0: will yeah impose his will cuz he's also on the block he's on the board
1: he's on the block getting the board he's bringing it up the court he's initiating the offense deciding who gets the ball when they get it he is playing point guard uh like no one like uh,
0: he's no one in the modern era
1: no one in the modern era we don't really appreciate what he is doing enough um Listen, I got mad love for another point guard. We're going to talk about in a minute here. But Russ is great. Russ is an all-time great.
0: You should enjoy watching Russ while he's still here. All right. The West. The West, the West, the West. It, um, I actually like the playing for the East, and it's not even half as interesting as the playing for the West. All right.
1: So, I'm going to start at
0: 7-8. This is a <laughs> great match.
1: <laughs> First off, though... Tell me this is not going to be a great matchup. Like, tell me you don't want to see Steph versus Dame. I I do. I do. Like, I'm With giddy. With the playoffs on the I line. I am giddy. It's Winner goes to the playoff. Loser might make it to the playoffs, but might have to go home. Mm-hmm. I love that. First off, can you imagine Steph and Dame trading end of game threes? At the logo? Oh, man. Oh. Oh, I, I might. A little piece of me. I'm just going to cry a tear of joy if that happens as a basketball fan. But I have the Warriors upsetting the Trailblazers in that game and winning and going on to lock themselves into the seventh seed and a matchup against the Suns, which I'm also excited to see Steph Curry and Chris Paul go up against each
0: other one more time. Like, is this possibly the last time? Oh, I don't think so. Both maybe them, not, but it, it could be one playoff of the series last yes. time. But I think CP3 has shown that he still has a ton of ton of no, ton no, playoff of series. Because you remember yeah. the Rockets
1: playoff series; those that's... were some entertaining moments between CP3 and Steph. Remember CP3 hitting the shimmy on Steph? It, look if he ain't if he ain't put a hamstring. Everybody, people be saying it. that's the thing, and so and now this time though, Steph's the underdog because the 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 Suns are moved up. So that's an interesting storyline in that little uh, bracket right there. Then we got to go to the 9-10. I think the 9-10 is not very
0: interesting. I think it's the Grizzlies. Here's what I'm going to say. I I actually want to talk about this. Okay. The West is way more malleable than the East. There's a lot of things that can change in the playoff tournament, playing tournament. Mm-hmm. The first is the Spurs, I think, are a, the worst team that could be in the tournament. They're just a boring team, unfortunately. I, A, think we do not respect the Spurs enough. I, B, think we do not respect DeMar DeRozan enough, and he probably should have been an all-star. All of those things can be true, and the Spurs are still the most boring team possible to make it in the West. However, they're only like a game up on the Pelicans. The Pelicans in the next four or five games could actually take the Spurs and be in the play-in, and I want to see Grizzlies-Pelicans. That, for a lot
1: of reasons... You got the the uh, the jaw versus Zion. Zion. Mm-hmm. Not to mention those teams are playing well. The Grizzlies have been hurt a lot of the season. A lot of their their players have been or hurt slash out for COVID protocol, and the 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 Pelicans have surged, mm-hmm. like surged.
0: Lazo dropping
1: thirty. People are having legitimate conversations about which ball brother will be the better player. Because going nuts. But two months ago, we have had this conversation. we've had that conversation and thought it was reasonable whatsoever. Personally,
0: I have always been a massive Lazo ball stand. So let's just hold that. Uh, I didn't ever see it happen on an NBA court until this year. Okay. I, I've just always been a massive Lazo ball stand. So I, I, I still would not have said he'd be better than Melo because Melo just came out ridiculous.
1: Yeah. Like, that's a reasonable question now. Melo is still playing great. I think... Though, that's, a, that's an interesting storyline all in and of itself. First off, I need, who's their coach right now? For which team? Pelicans. Pelicans
0: have Stan Van Gundy. Oh, that's right. That's right.
1: But I think this team needs some success. Uh, they've been building for a while. They've got Ingram. They've got Zion. They've got um, Lonzo. Lonzo. Mm-hmm. Got some talent. I think them getting to this point will be good for
0: them, whether or not they win. I, I, I agree. I also think it's just really, would be a lot of fun to see. So we see, unlike the East, where you think there's no way, any way possible, that the playing teams can get the 7-8 seed and probably beat the 1-2. Like, you just don't see it possible. Do you think that's more likely here in the West? Warriors, mm. and let's say maybe Grizzlies come out at 7-8, yep. getting the
1: Suns and the Jazz? Not in particular, unless one scenario happens, which we haven't talked about yet, which is Something that we're talking about the or the reason why we're talking about the play in to begin with. Mm-hmm. That's LeBron James and the Lakers who could possibly be in the play in tournament. Uh, I would actually like that because right now they're currently slated to play the Clippers in the first round. Now we talked about the Battle of L A. when we would get it, and getting it in the first round when AD and LeBron are working their way from back from injury is not what I want. Would you rather get it than not get it at
0: all? Man, I don't know. I, let's L- just first talk about it. The Look, the the Lakers are what? One game out of seven. Right. One game out of seven. And by the time you hear this on Friday, their remaining schedule will be the Trailblazers, who is the team at seven, the Suns, Who's who is the number one two seed. Team, two team right now. Okay. Or number one. They're the number one seed right so now. I'm marking with an outdated graphic. Okay, yeah. Number one seed right now, the Suns. Then also... After that, they get the Knicks, who've been on fire. Then the Rockets, who they should beat, probably the Pacers. And then they end with the Pelicans, who will also be playing really hard to try to get into the play-in game. So it's it's not unlikely that the Lakers could actually drop and be in the play-in tournament. It's hard out here. Mm-hmm. Listen, LeBron's
1: still not healthy. He thinks he will never be 100% again, especially not this season. AD is coming back. He is healthy, but has looked rusty as well. He looked good last night or a couple nights ago, but that was the one bright spot out of the week or so that he's been playing. It's real rough right now for the Lakers. We're going to see what they're really made of here in the next two weeks because it's certainly possible. I don't think likely, but
0: possible. They're out of the playoffs. Okay. Uh, It it, it could happen. It could lose two games and be out. Yep. And one of those games could be against the Warriors with Steph. And Steph could just have one ridiculous 40, 45-point game Fitty. just doing Steph Curry-like things. Fitty. And boom, <laughs> it's, it's and boom, you're facing a hungry team like the Grizzlies. And watching Steph shimmy into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That's going to hurt for Braun. It is going to hurt for Bron. The last thing I want to talk about here is the Trailblazers. And just more importantly, are they the most dangerous team in the playing tournament right now? Yes. Yeah. Okay. out of the teams that are in the tournament, they
1: are both scary and deep. They just haven't put it all together this season, like many seasons. But if they ever get a year or a stretch where they have their three stars, all clicking, Dame, Nurk, and uh, CJ. CJ, which they have rarely ever had, and they've been good team for long stretches with two of the three. If they can get all three clicking and going into the playoffs and have the momentum of winning up a, a play-in series... Oh, man. That's that's dangerous. They got more playoff experience than a team like the Suns would have. Mm-hmm. About the same, I would say, as almost the Jazz.
0: Yeah. Oh, more than the Jazz, even though the Jazz have been consistently in the playoffs since Donovan Mitchell showed up, Dame has never not made the playoffs. Right. So,
1: experienced veteran team that has depth and talent, I don't want to see it. And Dame is on He's... He wants to prove that he belongs with the big dogs mm-hmm. of the NBA. I'm excited. I think the play-in tournament is going to be huge. I love this idea. I think LeBron's wrong. Whoever came up with this needs a promotion, not to be fired. you just mad because you're going to be in the play-in. Because you, <laughs> you got hurt and your team's not that good.
0: You ain't lying. He's just salty. He He's salty.
1: What's up? What's up, Playboy?
0: All right. Now for the final segment of our show, the heart of our show, ballers bouquets. Too often in the media, people only want to focus on the negative and salacious things athletes do, and never want to give them their credit where credit is due. Here, we like to make a change. Absolutely, but we're, we're going to make
1: a change by honoring another. Unsung NFL hero who you probably have never heard of, but hey, everyone who does good deserves to get their roses, to smell their flowers, no matter how famous they are. This week, give it up for San Francisco 49ers player, Eric Armstead. So, Eric's interesting story. He was a 17th overall draft pick in the 15th draft. Uh, for the 49ers, he has had a pretty decent career with them, uh, but more importantly, he has made a huge impact off the field in his community, uh, both in San Francisco and his hometown of Sacramento. He has become a philanthropist. He focuses on education. We love the kids around here. Almost everyone we're going to have as a bouquet recipient has done something for the kids. The Kids are important. The kids are our future. That's always the message on here. You are an educator. Some of my kids may be watching. This is true. <laughs> um, but he did a couple of different things. So he focused on education specifically in Sacramento, California. Um, he launched what is called the Armstead Academic Project. This is his foundation. Uh, they helped to raise over $200,000 that was reinvested into Sacramento education um, in order to make sure students in Sacramento and his hometown were able to keep participating in school during the COVID-19 pandemic. He personally uh, went out of his way to help lessen the digital divide by donating $50,000 and hand-delivering 350 Chromebooks uh, to students, along with one year of prepaid internet service. And and hold on, wait. And for multi-student homes... He also worked with the Mercy Housing in San Francisco uh, Sacramento to give educational kits to those homes. Great, great guy. But wait, there's more. He also uh, helped promote literacy by launching a program called Storytime with the Rick Armstead. He helped over 440 students from the first through the fourth grade learn about topics like black history, sustainability and equality through the program as well. He also did work for social justice in 2020. This man is is on a roll. He is he's busy. I don't know how he has enough time to play NFL football too. He opened every single one of his press conferences talking about a different issue, either education um, inequality, racism, implicit bias, and other topics. He worked with the 49ers Players Social Justice Council to help allocate over a million dollars of team money to... Uh, uh, causes that would you know be in the name of George Floyd after his death. And uh, since 2016, every year he's visited the UC Davis hospital annually to visit uh, children who are in the hospital. And for children who were unable to leave their rooms, he makes sure to make a personal visit for those students. So Arik has been all over California, all over the Bay, doing his thing, Northern California, the Bay, etc. Big, big shout out to Arik Armstead. Keep doing your thing. The kids need you. I'm sure that you have an impact larger than you could possibly imagine. Um, You know, we all as adults of people who watch this as well as students, listen, you're going to look back on life. You look back at what some of your teachers did for you and it's huge. They, they, They change your life. And he's not a teacher, but he has done enough actions for kids in Sacramento and San Francisco that he has changed your life. And for Arik, you have to appreciate what you've done uh, and give yourself a pat on the back. You deserve it. Uh, that was this week's Baller's Bouquet. If you want to co- support the kids, do that. Donate some books in your community, uh, find a literacy program, do something. Uh, get out there, do your part. We'll see you next Friday here at the Fly Route Pod.
0: it's a playboy affair all right all right that is it for episode 34 of the fly route podcast as always we want to thank each and every single one of you all for rocking with us whether it's on spotify apple music youtube amazon wherever you're listening or watching to the podcast we appreciate all of you all and thank you so much for watching we want to hear what you all want to hear about in the sports world's hopping out dms whether it's on Twitter or Instagram at the fly route pod or even Facebook, facebook.com slash the fly route pod. We want to hear your suggestions, talk about them on the show and get more of your feedback.
1: We also want your hate. Come in those comments, talk about how I don't know what I'm talking about, all of that. I love it. Keep doing it. Bring it on every week.